Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good in-camp Wednesday morning. That's right. Philadelphia Eagles will be going through football activities today. The first time here in 2023. Well, actually, no, I guess prepping for the playoffs last year was in 2023. But you get my drift. The 2023 season, the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday all reported to South Philadelphia to uh, get ready for the upcoming season. The Novacare Complex. Just not the same as it used to be when the Eagles were practicing on campus uh, somewhere and uh, access was a heck of a lot easier. Now it's on their own private property down there at the Novacare uh, uh, Complex. But a couple of pictures were taken. Some sartorial splendor was seen. I'll give you the details on that coming up in just a second. But that was all just getting the gang together. It gets underway today with the first Eagle quote-unquote practice. I'd call it more activities. Don't know how much of a practice it's going to be, but uh, they will get the season on field underway today. In case you didn't notice, I would be Jody McDonald, one of your usual co-hosts for Birds 365. Yeah, I'm going to be a co-host again today, but it's not going to be a Mac and Mac affair because my Mac partner, John McMullen, is already on the way to South Philadelphia to be able to get in Eagles practice uh, Coach Sirianni is going to talk to the media approximately 9.30, an hour and a half from now, somewhere thereabouts. Um, and then the Eagles will get their first uh, workout of the season under their belts. Don't expect them to go very long, but that's the way the Eagles have done it uh, since Sirianni took over. And you can't argue with the results they've gotten. They've proved that if you do it right, 
a, a bit of a hackneyed phrase now, we won't work harder, we'll work smarter, uh, has worked for them. And they were uh, as injury-free as any team in the National Football League last year, and they parlayed that all the way to a Super Bowl appearance against the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, don't expect to, to on the reporting uh, either after the fact today or here tomorrow on Birds 365 when my guy Johnny Mac comes back with me. Don't expect it to be uh, chock full of unbelievable plays and decisions that could be made after one day of work. No, they're not going to do it. They don't do it that way. They're not going to do it that way today. And it worked for them last year. So that's the want of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's always nice just to get like like the first day of school. I'm old enough that remembering back to the first day of school is now getting difficult. But what I do remember was it was both exciting and nervousness in day one. Uh, a lot of times you know most of the kids that are there, but you never know who the new kid in the class is going to be. So you're uh, excited to be reporting the first day, but you also know you're starting to get judged on even the first day. Might have a pop quiz, depending how much of a pain in the rear end your teacher was. Well, there there are several Eagle players in several Eagle positions that are very much up for grabs. There are some that are just stone cold locks. I'm going to go way out on a limb and tell you Marcus Mariota not going to be able to beat out Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback of the team. I know you. I'm a hot take guy, and we're starting with bold predictions, but I feel pretty strongly about this one that Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles when the season starts. Uh, but there are a bunch of positions that are going to be battles in the preseason up until the season shoot. There might even be some flexibility and potential changes once the season gets underway. Uh, so I'm here today. Uh, it is usually, as you know, a Mac-a-Mac affair. Yours truly with John McMullen or your Mac-a-Mac Birds 365 guys. But as I told you, Johnny Mac has uh, already made his way down towards South Philadelphia to be there for the entire day with the Eagles. Sirianni speaking early. Down how to get his credentials uh, worked out and be ready to cover the team for the entire year. And then, yes, he, like his other Eagle Beat brethren, will be able to watch however long practice goes. My guess is maybe an hour. It's probably capped at an hour. As John, uh, I think, trying to keep me from getting in trouble, reminds me every time I start to bring up the fact that the Eagles seem to do less not less than what the Eagles used to do. All the teams in the National Football League used to do. They do less than the other teams around the National Football League right now. That does still get under my skin a little bit. But uh, when I start to complain and or whine about it, John points out to me that, Jody, they can't do what you're remembering fondly of yesteryear, of previous training camps gone by. It has been collectively bargained out of possibility that uh, when the uh, players and the owners come up with a collective bargaining agreement the last couple of times, the only thing the players have won is less practice time. That's the give, uh, the go-to give back of ownership. Yeah, well, we'll make your practice. You want actual more money? You want a bigger percentage of the revenues? Well, no, 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 no. We're not going to give you that but we'll cap the amount of practice you can have, the amount of time you can spend on the field, the amount of time you can actually hit. Oh, they negotiate that away all the time. So it isn't like the Eagles are flying in the face of tradition and history. 
the owners did that at the collective bargaining table when they decided that uh, we got to do something so as not to give the players any bigger percentage of the overall revenues of the game. So uh, I, I do think that the Eagles take it a little bit too far, that uh, they, they have a philosophy and they're sticking to it, and we'll see if it works out again this year like it did last year. But there's only so much they could do. So what they are giving back, it's not outrageous. Uh, so McMullen's not here today. Here's what we're hoping to do. Coming up in the next couple of minutes, our usual Wednesday guest, Mike Gill from 97.3, the uh, ESPN down the shore, the host of the Sports Pass. He's going to make his usual Wednesday appearance with me a little bit later. Mark Farzetta is going to jump in, a host of the Farzy Show, before ours every day here on Birds 365, but he's always got that one in the can and ready to rock and roll. So Farge is going to jump in and fill in for Johnny Mac. And then in our number two, um, our buddy Rob Monty from the Associated Press, uh, lead NFL writer for AP, is going to jump in with us. So we're going to give you the full two hours. We're going to break down a whole bunch of Eagle things. It's just not your usual Mac and Mac pairing. Instead, it's going to be Mac and Mike for the first half hour today. Uh, joining us from down the shore is our buddy, Mike Gill, who just got up. I can tell that by looking at him. He's fixing himself. He's getting in. He's ready to rock and roll. And he's going to tell us what T-shirt he's got on. All right, Gil, uh, lean back. Lean back. I think someone once sang a song like that. Uh, what are we rocking today? Atlantic it's my baseball Florida. team. Okay. That's a team you uh, coach? Yeah, we just got knocked out of the regionals. So is the season done, or is this... Season's over, man. Really? Over. Oh, that, yeah. oh, that's a bummer. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know how many people follow the Little League World Series, but the team that knocked us out was the Holidaysburg team that went to the Little League World Series last year. That team was legit. They were really good. When you lose a team, sometimes you're like, oh, we shouldn't have lost against that team. No, that team was really good. They they were they were good. Now, what team did you get? What's the name of the squad that you got beat by? Last year, they were in the Little League World Series. They were Holidaysburg, Pennsylvania. Now, at the next level, they're Altoona, PA. So, they're like the, the, the two towns kind of combined together okay. at, at the next age group. So, if you if people who watch the Little League, there's a lot of people out here who are like diehard Little League World Series viewers. And people from our re region will remember because they were the Mid-Atlantic uh, representative. So, they were Holidaysburg, Pennsylvania was who they were. All right, so you're one up from Little League is uh, your age designation. What are they called? What's the name? So we're Babe Ruth, 13 years old. So, right, when you're finished Little League, when you're done being 12, you either go to Senior League or Babe Ruth or Pony League, maybe, I guess. I don't know. You know what? And shoot, talk about uh, trying to remember. I barely remember this. Uh, Little League is up to age 12. They had a one-year uh, breakout in between for where I uh, grew up playing, between Little League and Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was 14, 15, 16. 13 was called Graduate League. I guess you graduated from the Little League. But it was all just 13. It was the only league I ever played in that was uh, designated for one-year kids. Yeah, so 13. Like Babe Ruth and Cal Ripken are one organization – and they're the competitors to Little League and Senior League. What's senior? Senior League is the 13, 14, 15-year-old after you're done Little League. 
Okay, so they have the same thing, just uh, different names for it in different areas of the country. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh, enough for your baseball talk, but we yes. do appreciate appreciate you sharing the shirt with us. Um, the Eagles season is underway. How do I know? They all showed up yesterday in South Philadelphia. The offensive linemen in matching Eagle green overalls. Uh, gotta love the fact that those guys sang together. Uh, and I saw pictures of some, saw a picture of my lotta. He fills out an all pair overalls pretty well, <laughs> as big as he is. Did uh, did Mr. Steen get the overalls, if you know? He's a newbie. He's not one of the boys just yet. He spent a couple of uh, OTA practices with him. Did they outfit their newest potential starter? Uh, I didn't see or don't know, but uh, Steen is going to be an interesting story, as we know, Jody. Um, we've been talking about, the, you know, when you have a show like yours every day that runs 365 through the offseason, you know that the fans are fanatical and people care about who the right guard on this team is going to be. And Should. they probably they, they care who the second guard on this team is going to be. And it's a pretty important battle, right? Because um, whether he has his own pair of overalls or not, whoever takes over for Isaac Sayamala has got big shoes to fill. And I don't think we realize how good Sayamala has been, even though – when you have other guys who are all-time greats on the same line, you get really overshadowed. But Sayamala was a really solid player, versatile player, um, and I think we're just almost taking for granted that the next guy is going to step in there and be as good, if not better, than Isaac Sayamala. I, I think it's interesting. Dennis Kelly, when they signed him over the weekend, uh, other than the fact that um, – you know, he plays both tackle positions. People forget he played right guard for a couple games here for, for Chip Kelly, too. I'm not saying he's going to be involved in the right guard battle, but does that make Driscoll a better candidate for this job now? Because Driscoll, you kind of looked at as like, ah, he's going to be the swing tackle. They don't want him as the guard. But now I have a veteran swing tackle. Kelly can play both those spots. So do they say Driscoll? You have a pair of overalls, and you get to be in the battle here uh, for the right guard spots. Does that make him a better candidate for that job? So I definitely think that we're starting off with a really interesting storyline right in that spot. I've asked it a couple times as a hypothetical, and I'm comparing two players. You could absolutely make it three. Uh, we've had a couple of guys on where I say ifs, uh, Steen and – uh, Jurgens play to a draw that they both do the job both look good one doesn't look significantly better than the other or the other one significantly lesser than the other they're damn close on a day in day out basis who makes the call and what do you think the call is based on and everybody says it's Stoutland uh, they, not the head coach not Howie Roseman they're all going to bow to Stoutland and go what do you think okay that's what we go with um I think with the signing of Dennis Kelly, yeah, you can put Trisco in that mix. I don't think he's any closer to getting the job. I don't think he has to blatantly outperform him. I think he gets a fair share to compete with him. So I'll ask you, Mike Gill, is it Stoutland? And what do you think he's going to base that decision on who the starting right guard is? Oh, I definitely think Stoutland has the biggest, uh, the loudest megaphone in that room uh, when making that decision. That would be number one. Two, man, this is tough because Jurgens. You know, you drafted him to kind of be the heir apparent to um, Kelsey. 
But that was the same thing with Lane Johnson, or excuse me, um, Landon Dickerson. You, you drafted Landon Dickerson to be the the, the heir apparent. You, 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 you go all the way back to Isaac. They drafted right. Isaac to be the guy to take Kelsey's spot. Oops, let's move him to guard. Then they draft Dickerson. He's going to take Kelsey's spots. Oops, let's move him to guard. So they're running out of guard spots to plug guys in, but now sure enough, they got a guard opening. Will Jurgens be that guy, or do they want to have him ready to jump in at center in case – Kelsey suffers an injury. Right. And, and that's the thing is that I was trying to, you know, I'll get to is like they drafted these guys to, to be the next guy there. So if they're starting in the other position, one area where I think that Jurgens has the uphill battle is if there's an injury that occurs, generally from the past, Stoutland doesn't like to move two positions. You know, if there's a guy hurt, we say, well, why don't you move this guy from left tackle over to right tackle and then just put somebody else there? No, no, no. I don't like to move two guys. He only wants to make one move. So that would tell me Steen is probably the favorite here for that reason. So that if somebody else got hurt and say it was Kelsey, that they wouldn't have to move Jurgens from left guard back to center. And then it, that means two guys are getting changed as opposed to just one guy. So I'm thinking Steen is the guy uh, that would be the favorite in this spot. Uh, and Jurgens would be the backup center. And, you know, if somebody else got hurt, he could go play guard. And then Driscoll would be the odd man out in, in that battle as well. So Steen would be the guy that I think uh, Stoutland will have the loudest voice for. Right. And I'll say this about Stoutland, which means I'm saying it about the Eagles in general. Made the best man win. Even though I think they have the future of the organization in mind when they make some decisions, not Gannon last year and or his linebacker coach, Nick Rallis, when he refused to get N'Kobe Dean on the field. I'm still steamed about that one. But the, the Stoutland gets it. The Eagles overall get it. We need to make the best decision today. We want to keep the future in mind. But if we're affecting today just because we're too worried about the future, we're not going to do that. Stoutland doesn't do that. So even though the way you laid it out, I agree with you. For the future of the Eagles, Steen winning a job is absolutely the best thing. That's what they want to see happen. But he's got to actually go out and win the job because Stoutland yeah. won't give it to him just because it makes the Ducks line up in the row the best. Yeah, because at some point you're going to have three centers on the field. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, if Jurgens ends up winning that, you've got your your backup center, your third center in, in Landon Dickerson. I mean, Landon Dickerson really was supposed to be the guy, and he was so good at, at left guard that they had to keep him there and had to go get Jurgens. Jurgens is only here because Dickerson was playing left guard, essentially, right? So, yeah, I, I agree with, with, with that. Um, and, but, listen, if Tyler Steen can't handle the position, if he's not good enough, then you, you've got, got to go to Jurgens and hope that we're just assuming both of these guys. Jurgens has never played right guard. Right. Uh, they're, we're just they're assuming both playing that he can go in there and handle it. They're both playing at least in part out of position, but that's why I have camp. Oh, but then again, Eagles don't do that much at camp. So it'll be very interesting to see how it plays. I had a specific Eagle player I want to ask you about because in the last week or so, I've seen this player being grouped in two different groups. One was Breakout, who's going to step up, hasn't reached a certain level prior to in a year, and this is the year he gets the wow factor included into his game. Or which is a possible regression player that had this season that he had or the last couple of seasons here in Philadelphia – and you might want to be careful because might not be as good as has been in previous seasons. 
And I've seen this player on both of those two lists, which are basically diametrically opposite of each other. So you tell me, is Kenny Gainwell better looked at as a potential breakout player or a potential, yeah, he might not do as much as he's done previously here in Philadelphia, which you think is more likely? I think he could be a breakout player. The problem is I don't know how that happens. You know what I'm saying? Unless somebody got hurt, do they value him? And is he higher on the depth chart? Does he get enough touches to, to supplant uh, Swift and or Penny? I think both of those guys will probably be, even if all three, you know, in years past, we've seen the team, you know, going back to the three-headed monster, you know, Deuce and Westbrook and, um, man, who was the third guy in that uh, in that Carell Buckhalter. Buckhalter. There you go. They've done it before, but it's hard to be the breakout guy when you are two or three or even one in the three headed monster. Um, I just don't know where, how, and 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 do they put them more in the pass game? You know, John has talked a lot about the running backs not catching the ball in this offense, so that's not an area where I think he breaks out. So I I like Gainwell's game and the possibility of his talent making him a breakout player. I just don't know if opportunity allows him to, quote, break out. And here's the reason why I think it's – sorry, Eagle fans. I think it's got more of a chance to go regression than breakout. Uh, John and I talked about this yesterday, and he went back, has been checking his Sirianni quotes on any of the – off-season accessibilities they had with the coach. He thinks that the Eagles are kind of hoping of the group of running backs that they have, someone grabs a Miles Sanders role. That when they go by running back by committee, it's not going to be 33% for one, 33% for the other, 33% for the third. That it's not going to be well distributed. That someone is going to come to the forefront and they're going to get more than anybody else. Not as much as Miles did last year, but it will be certainly more so than evenly split. I don't think Gainwell will be that guy. I think there's a better chance that Swift is that guy. I think there's a better chance that Penny is that guy. We all know if he stays healthy is the key. I I don't see Kenny Gainwell being the guy who gets most carries on this team this year. So, if uh, the, the, the that's going to be the case, the other two are going to be playing. You're right. I just think Gainwell's going to get the ball less than he did even last year. Yeah, and I would imagine, and I know that everybody just says, well, he's never been healthy. If, if, if Rashad Penny's healthy, I don't know how he's not the guy. That guy is a beast. I mean, he, he is – he's a difference maker. I mean, if you have a healthy Rashad Penny, you've got a difference-making running back. You've got a big guy who can move the chains, who can run – with speed and veracity. The problem with him is he's been hurt because he's a big guy, delivers punishment, and he's had just a a multitude of different injuries. But, man, if he's healthy, I have a hard time being the guy, the coach saying, that's not the guy I want on the field. (laughs) He is a a tremendous asset if he can keep him healthy. And then you have Swift. The thing with Swift is, is he a better receiving back than he is a running back? I guess it's something that, they would probably find out in these camps. Then maybe that's how Gainwell could get higher up, you know, a bigger involvement if he's a better, if Gainwell's a better blocker than Swift is. Uh, That's key in this kind of offense. So I guess it would be, if Penny's healthy to me, he would be 
more of the guy? And then who is more advanced, Swift or Gainwell, as a runner as opposed to a receiver? We'll see how it shakes out starting today with the Eagles' first uh, activity. Oh, yeah. Philadelphia. All right. Uh, before I let you run today, I do want to ask you about a particular individual's predictions for this upcoming season because we're all in the prediction business. You understand this, Gil, as a host of a radio show. You got to be ready to put your opinions out there and then stand by them, defend them, and uh, explain why you are going to break down something uh, before it ever happens. Nate Davis, writer for USA Today. I've never had him on a show, one of my shows as a guest, but he's a good NFL writer. I read him uh, and or his clips from time to time on USA Today. Are you a fan of Nate Davis? I'm familiar with his work, yes. Right. I have not had him on my show either. You haven't either. All right, I got to try and get Nate. After what I read today, I got to get Nate Davis on my show, maybe this weekend on uh, CBS Sports Radio. He broke down not only who's going to win what, how many games each team is going to win in the NFL before they ever open up camp, or at least before the Eagles did. Most of the teams did, but some opened up uh, earlier. Uh, they posted this yesterday. He runs down the entire league, number of wins, where they finish up, who's going to make the playoffs and the like. I'll go through it very, very quickly for you. NFC East, Eagles win 12-5, and five, Cowboys 9-8. and eight. And I'm one of those who believe the Cowboys are a little overrated coming into the season. I think they'll win more than nine games, but uh, I, I too have a big division in the division between the Eagles and the Cowboys and that whole 18 year, nobody's won the division two years in a row thing going by the board as the Eagles win it. Uh, Commanders seven and 10, Giants six and 11. Uh, Johnny Mack is on board with this one because he thought the Giants were a little bit of a fraud team last year. I thought they earned what they did, but I think they're coming back to the pack. Yeah, I know they got Saquon signed yesterday, but I he's got the Giants finishing in fourth and last place at 6-11. and 11. Do you think the Giants can be that bad? Um, Man, that's a tough. I do think the Giants were a little bit of a byproduct of the NFC East schedule last year that everybody, everybody in the division had – a schedule that allowed them to to maybe play over their heads. Um, I think the Giants are just a solid team, though. I don't know that they're one of those teams that's going to be a, a dumpster fire. They're not a hat tip to Jimmy Kemsky. I don't know that we're getting some dumpster fire team. I think they're just solid. You know, they're one of those teams that you're, you know, they're just a pain in the butt to play. Um, to be, I like Washington's quarterback. I do like Hal. I, I think he's going to surprise people. Um, I'm pretty intrigued by what the enemy will get to his first chance to kind of just be the guy there. Do they have enough weapons? So I, I can see their record being there. I, I think the giant, I think Dallas is going to be better than nine, eight, to be honest with you. I think they'll probably be a 11 win team. The Eagles and Dallas, I think are about 12, 11 win teams, both of them. And I would think the giants are about an eight, nine win team with Washington, more towards the the six seven mark right now. Yeah, I like the Giants slightly ahead of Washington. I'm surprised the order that he had him in, but uh, I don't know that the Giants are going to make the playoffs this year like they did last year. I, I would agree there. I don't know that the Giants are a playoff team this year, but I think they're you know in that eight nine nine eight area where they're going to be in the mix for most of the season. Agreed. Uh, NFC North Lions win the division. A lot of people on that hype train. Uh, even their coach the other day called it a hype train and little little perturbed that he's getting as much attention as he uh, did last year and he had to do hard knocks to do it. But he's got the Lions winning 11 games, only one less than the Eagles. 
Bears seven and ten, Packers seven and ten, Vikings seven and ten. My how the mighty have fallen. Minnesota goes from thirteen down to seven. That's a pretty pretty big drop. I'm pretty much in accord with what he's saying here. Other than the, I think eleven is a little high for the Lions. I think they're the team to beat in that division. I think the Bears are the second best team. How about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Lions are getting a little too much hype, but I think they're a pretty good team still in a division that just doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of teams to push them. The Minnesota thing's interesting. They won 13 games last year. Nobody believed in them at all. Okay, they proved that they weren't as good as they that their 13 wins said, but are they going to drop from 13 wins to seven? I mean, that's a pretty big drop. I know they lost Dalvin Cook, but the team is pretty much in place here. I think seven's a little they low lost for Minnesota. Darius Smith. They lost Adam Thielen. They, 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 Dalvin isn't the only guy that they lost going into the season. They're definitely coming back to the pack. There's yeah. No oh, I, I think they, they come back. Games. But seven, I think, is a 13 to seven is a pretty big drop for them. Uh, Green Bay is such a wild card with love there. But I think seven is probably a, a good number for them. And the Bears, everybody seems to like the Bears, but no one's picking them to win anything. It's like, oh, we like Fields. But nobody thinks they're going to be any good. I think the Bears at seven is probably high for them, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. I, somebody's got to be, you would think. Someone's got to be the team that's way out of the pack. I mean, um, so I'll go Chicago lower than seven. Minnesota probably in the eight, nine range. Uh, Green Bay's tough. I, I, I think Green Bay is probably going to be in that. The seven's a good number there. And the Lions at 11 is probably pretty solid yeah, a little life on the lines but they should uh they are the favorite net division well you're gonna win a bunch of games in your division you would think right you gotta they, 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 they're all gonna go one and one against each other i'm not sure that somebody's got to be the best team in that division south he's got the saints and the falcons tying at nine and eight last year the division was one at eight and nine so it's nine and eight this year um, yeah, maybe the addition at quarterback lifts the Saints to the division. That's the way I'm uh, leaning. Falcons improved. Pa- Panthers, Bryce Young's rookie year, 7-10. and 10, And the Bucks. sorry, Tom Brady's retirement does take the starch out of them. 5-12. and 12. It's got to be a tough year in Tampa. Any issues with the South? No, I mean, I think the Saints are the best team. They have the clear best quarterback, the most established quarterback, so I'll give them a slight edge. Their defense is pretty good. If you remember... Everybody, Eagles fans were watching the Saints a lot last year because of that draft pick situation, and they were winning games towards the end of the year. And you're like, ah, come on. Uh, so I think the Saints are probably the best team there. So I like them around nine, I think is fair. I don't know that the the Falcons are quite there yet. So Falcons seven and the rest, I think, are in pretty good spot. But uh, the Falcons offense is starting to get some pieces. They just got to get the quarterback play now. If Bijan Robinson, all that in a bag of chips, they do have a chance to take a run. And the Pitts kid is really good. The receiver they have, uh, London, he's solid. Agreed. All right. And out West, San Francisco winning at 11 and six. Same record as the Lions. Second best, only the Eagles in the conference. Seahawks, seven and 10. uh, 10 and seven, excuse me, your top wildcard team, which is where I have them as well. And Rams at seven and ten, and the Cardinals at two and fifteen. Oof, sorry, Jeez. Jonathan Gannon, two and fifteen this year. Uh, so he also goes about and picks uh, the playoffs. I give you the NFC real quick, and then I give you the AFC. Um, NFC playoffs, wild card. 49ers beat the Falcons. Lions beat the Cowboys. Oh, sorry, Cowboy fans, out in the first round again. Uh, Seahawks beat the Saints. 
Lions beat the 49ers in the playoffs. Eagles beat the Seahawks. And then the Eagles beat the Lions in the NFC Championship game. So it's Philly, Detroit, and the Eagles going back to the Super Bowl. All right, real wow. quickly on the uh, AFC, I won't even ask you to comment. I just want to run through it to make a point. Bills 13 and 4, Jets 12 and 5, Dolphins 11 and 6, Pats 7 and 10, Bengals 12 and 5, Baltimore 11 and 6, Pittsburgh 11 and 6. That one comes as a bit of a surprise. 11 and 6 for the Steelers. Okay. Uh, Browns 10 and 7. Man, that's a killer division. Browns in last place at 10 and 7. Jags 10 and 7. Tennessee 8 and 9. Houston 6 and 11. The Colts. Sorry about that, Shane Steichen. 4 and 13. Two worst teams in football are the two Eagle former coordinators. Uh, West, Kansas City 11 and 6. Broncos 10 and 7 in the mix for a wild card. Chargers 7 and 10. What the hell did they pay Justin Herbert two hundred and sixty-two million last night? If you can't get above five hundred, make the playoffs at seven and ten. And the Raiders, yeah, three and fourteen. The Raiders could be worse than uh, Steichen and the Colts. AFC playoffs: Bengals defeat the Dolphins, Chiefs defeat the Ravens, Jets defeat the Jaguars, Bengals defeat the Chiefs. Ooh, Kansas City out. See you later, Andy Reid. Doesn't even make it to a championship game. Jets defeat the Bills, and in the championship game, the Jets defeat the Bengals. Wow. Which means we've got an all-green Super Bowl, Eagles versus Jets. And I don't know if you've heard it, Mike Gill. That is my prediction for the season. Apparently, this guy has been listening to my show on CBS Sports Radio or tuning in here at Birds 365 or WIP the last couple of weeks. I've already put good hard-earned money down on a Jets-Eagles Super Bowl for this year. You're a South Jersey guy. You get New York residents down there. You surely get a whole bunch of Philadelphia residents. How good would it be if it's the Jets-Eagles in the bowl? Well, the Jets thing is it would be amazing considering, you know, their, their uh, fortuitous past that has not been so great for them. Uh, no, it would be a lot of fun. Aaron Rodgers getting back to the Super Bowl, maybe for his last uh, hurrah here. Man, could the Jets I, – I said this a lot, Jody. The Jets' defense last year was a Super Bowl defense. They were a Super Bowl-level defense last year, and they won games with guys that no one has ever heard of playing quarterback before. So would it be far-fetched? Absolutely not, no. And I think that would just be a tremendous uh, – I like the Bengals still. I, I'm a, I think the Bengals last year, I thought they were the better team than Kansas City. Um so I like the Bengals. My Super Bowl would be the Bengals and, and the Eagles right now. Uh, but the Jets getting there would be a great story for this region. Um, and be a lot of fun for two weeks, wouldn't it? Where is it? Vegas this year. Vegas, yes. Jet fans and Eagle fans together in Vegas. That would be yeah. great. It would be loud. I can guarantee you that. It might be a little nasty, as a matter of fact because they're both raucous fan bases, uh, that would be fun. All right, Mike Gill, it is always a pleasure. Thanks for sticking around a little longer with us than usual today. Uh, with Johnny Mac out, appreciate you picking up the torch for us. But I uh, got anything coming up on the Sports Bash this week that we need to promote? Uh, I'm actually off Friday. I'm going to Pittsburgh, PNC Park, to watch the Phillies for the weekend cool. out there. Uh, isn't that isn't that one of the greatest parks in Major League Baseball? Tremendous, yes. Uh, it's an awesome place. So I'm going out to Pittsburgh to see the Phillies this weekend. What's today, Wednesday? Uh, man, we do our football at 4 every day. So if you're a football fan, we talk football every day, 4 o'clock, football at 4. 
And uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock uh, is uh, Sal Pal. You're going to suck McMullen into joining you today at 4 if he's done with all of his legal responsibilities? Uh, not today. I I, try, I told him we'll take the summer off and then we'll get Rance back up. Uh, well, once I camp. thought since the Eagles reported, McMullen was reporting back to you as well. well. I'll text him. All right. Get him on that show. Make him, make, make him pay you back. Uh, Mike Gill, always a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. All right, Jody. Thanks, bud. Mike Gill from the Sports Bash here with us on Birds 365. All right, like I said, not Mac and Mac today. John McMullen down at Eagles training camp for their first gathering, their first activities, their first practice, if it's actually a practice. Uh, so no Mac and Mac. It was Mac and Mike to start. That would be Mike Gill. Thank you much for jumping in. Up next, it's Mac and Mark. Mark adds in Mark Farzetta, Farzy from the Farzy Show right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel on YouTube. Uh, we get Farzy involved. He'll hang with us for the rest of the show today. Uh, Rob Motti from the Associated Press is going to be in a little bit later in hour number two. But hour number one continues with Mac and Mark. Farzetta joins us next here on Birds 365. stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go back. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. 
United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. It is all about the E A G L E S. Eagles here on Birds 365. No Mac and Mac today. John McMullen already down there with the Birds as they get ready for their first practice of the year. So here, lending a helping hand is our buddy. You catch your mornings before us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel with the Farzy Show, Mark Farzetta. Farzy, are you ready to get back to work with the birds? <laughs> uh, I am ready to get back to work with the birds as our friend John McMullen is already literally at work with the birds right now. I, I'm just, I'm excited. I, I, I think it's because the way last year ended, I think it's because of the huge leap forward with Jalen Hurts last year and obviously Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman seem to know what they're doing as well. I I can't remember a time where I was this excited outside of the year after they won the Super Bowl. So I, I am pretty amped up for this Eagle season and ready to see what uh, Jalen Hurts can do because I know we're going to get into this, but for the people that doubt Jalen Hurts and the people that are slighting him and not saying he's a top five guy, top ten guy, whatever it might be, I just think the guy needs to do it again, just needs to keep on doing it, and hopefully that longevity and that success will start to uh, make people around the league and around the uh, you know the media world around the country really start to pay attention to Jalen Hurts. All right, Farzee went somewhere that we have not done much here on the show, and uh, that's perfectly fine with me. Jalen Hurts has become more of a given here in Philadelphia. There might be a couple of national outlets that aren't giving him quite the props that we think here in Philadelphia he deserves. But we talk about Jalen Hurts less than, uh, certainly than Jalen Hurts going into last year, Jalen Hurts the year before. What do you mean they're going to trade Carson Wentz? He's like a given off the season that he had last year that everyone expects him to come back and play at that same level again. Are, are we overestimating what Jalen Hurts can do? I don't think so, because I think we've all already went there. We've already gone there in our heads. Like, okay, all right, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. We were really amped up about Carson Wentz and how great he was going to be, and he was going to be our guy for 10, 15 years. It was going to be incredible. Why aren't we more shy about Jalen Hurts being what we just went through with the Carson Wentz saga? And that's because I think when we look at Jalen Hurts, we look at a totally different quarterback. We look at a totally different mental makeup. I mean, you look at the things that were said about him going into the last offseason. You know, I mean, how many times did we talk about it last year? Is he the guy? You know, it became a punchline with Jalen Hurts. And he took that and at times literally ran with it and then obviously you know, threw pretty well with it as well. Uh, the tremendous leap forward from last year, excuse me, from his first year as a starter to his second year as a starter, I can't think of anyone in, in, in any Philadelphia sport that has had that huge leap from year one as a starter to year two as a starter. I mean, you're talking about a guy makes second team all pro. Uh, a guy obviously is finishing second in the MVP voting. A guy had already led his team to the playoffs in his first year as a starter and then obviously takes him through the whole uh, you know season into the, into the Super Bowl last year. I mean, this is remarkable what we're talking about now. So we're talking about him now not only taking another leap forward, but also think about this. Taking another leap forward, knowing that you're going to have A.J. Brown going into the season, knowing you're going to have Devontae Smith going into the season, having a battle and having it be a conversation as to who your third uh, wide receiver is going to be in all this. And then you're also looking at the running back room behind this offensive line. I mean, if you're very confident in this Philadelphia Eagles team, I won't use the term overconfident, but if you're very confident that they're going to be the first back-to-back -back NFC champions at least, or excuse me, NFC uh, East champions at least, 
to make the playoffs for you know for the first time in almost 20 years. Yep. Well, you got a lot of cause for that confidence because I think you're right on point, and I don't think that's being a homer. I think that is looking at what you have, knowing what you have, and realizing that what else is around the NFC and the NFC East, not a whole lot of competition on paper at this point going into the season for the Eagles to at least have a good road back to the Super Bowl. And opinions are like noses. I could say something else, but I'll stick with noses. Well, yeah. Everybody has one, but that's all it is. It's an opinion. Yeah. And you're right. Everyone had opinions of Jalen Hurts before last year, and now they have it as to where he would rank, how many quarterbacks are better than how many. Even if you liked him going into last year, you probably had him in the second half of the league. At highest, 17, 18, somewhere thereabouts. Yeah. Those people probably have him two, three, or four in this year's rankings. Last year, a whole bunch of people had him in the 20s, and those are the ones that are holding out that don't want to crack the top five with Jalen just yet. The amount that he increased, the jump that he made between year one and year two is as big as any I've seen in the league, not about just the Eagles. I'm talking across the league, the jump that he made from a given year to a second year, and that's why I think people are just like, yeah, and Jalen. And Jalen's going to be quarter. And Jalen's going to win games. And Jalen's going to be perfectly fine. And yeah. Jalen's lead. I think he kind of earned and merited that with the jump up that he made last year. You know what? I, I want to ask you something specifically about Jalen Hurts in a second. But think about this for a second, Jody. You have probably, I have probably, all of us, we have probably mentioned the name Tyler Steen more than we have mentioned the name Jalen Hurts oh, this yes. offseason. Because we're talking about a right guard competition potentially going on with this team. I mean, there's other questions. Reed Blankenship, the safety position, Terrell Edmonds, and all that stuff. But let me let me ask you this, this one question. In regards to Jalen Hurts, obviously huge leap forward. We've acknowledged that. We've all talked about it. If Jalen Hurts is looking in the mirror, what are things you think? Not accolades like, okay, well, instead of being a runner-up to the MVP, win the MVP. Instead of you know finishing second and losing the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. Aside from accolades, overall accomplishments, when you look at his game, what do you think he's looking in the mirror saying he needs to improve upon? Because we talked about the deep ball last year. We talked about not maybe maybe not running as much, you know, all that stuff. We talked about reading defenses. I, I think he did all those things. I mean, he still ran, but in terms of reading the defense, he improved upon the deep ball, he improved upon. What nitpicky thing? And we've acknowledged how great he is, so this isn't a hate on Jalen Hurts you know, question. But what do you think he's looking in the mirror saying to himself, okay, this is the thing. If i got to specifically talk about something to get better at, what do you think that is? I don't think it's nitpicky, and I think Eagle fans will absolutely love this when I say it, if I'm right, and it's uh, the, the main thing that's running through Jalen's head. I think it's a really good thing that the Eagles are opening up the season in New England on Tom Brady Day, which is makes it the toughest ticket to get in the National Football League this year. The prices are the, – the lowest ticket is over $300 on the open market as of right now. The Patriot fans are ready to come out in Moss and, and do right by uh, the GOAT that was Tom Brady when he was in New England. I think that the Eagle quarterback gets motivated by that. I think he sees what Tom Brady gets, the kind of treatment he's going to get because he became the greatest of all time. And he did so because he won six Super Bowls in New England, then got went and got a seventh one in Tampa. <laughs> but uh, that's what I think is going to be his motivational factor. It's all going to be about winning the Super Bowl because he's already done. He put up the good stats, shocked the world by moving up as quickly as he did, fly in the face of those who said, you can't improve accuracy. Oh, yeah, you can. He's already checked a whole bunch of boxes. 
but you got to start winning Super Bowls. And that's mm-hmm. exactly, if you're an Eagle fan, that's exactly the attitude you want out of your quarterback going into the year this year. Mm-hmm. And I think when the national people that we referenced earlier uh, are looking at Jalen Hurts, I, I really think the only thing he needs to do is to do it again. And I say only, like it's easy to you know compete for an MVP or Super Bowl, whatever. But, I mean, you look at a guy like Joe Burrow. He's also been to a Super Bowl. He, unfortunately, uh, also lost. He's got a, a pretty great receiving core as well. He's got a pretty great offense there. But when you look at this team, I mean, not the great offensive line that Jalen Hurts has, but I think a lot of people, when they look at those two, they, they look at them as very comparable as far as what they've been able to accomplish already in their careers. But I think it's just a matter of longevity with Jalen Hurts. I think it's a matter of Jalen Hurts going out there, doing it every day, not missing games. And if there's one thing in particular that I think – he also needs to do in order to catch that, I don't know, more national respect or I'll just call it national acknowledgement for who he really is as a quarterback. I think it's more point guard. And that's using the guys out of the backfield like DeAndre Swift this upcoming season, seeing what Kenny Gainwell can do, seeing if Rashad Penny can stay healthy, uh, having a guy like Dallas Goddard is a pretty good tight end there. And uh, also Devontae Smith and obviously A.J. Brown but playing more of that point guard in a role that you won't have to see him run as much. And I am not someone that says, you know, screams from the mountaintop, stay in the pocket. No, no. I don't want to sacrifice the, the the talent that he has outside the pocket in his playmaking ability. But if that shovel pass is there or if that, you know, toss is there or if the read option, if there's an opportunity where he does hand it off and doesn't have to keep it, Take more advantage of those opportunities. If it presents itself, take it. That's what makes you so great, that versatility. But I think getting rid of the football a little bit more often, I think that will obviously help him stay on the field longer, uh, be healthy for throughout the entire season. And I think that's something that the Eagles will really uh, be able to have a lot of fun with uh, when they're seeing him play more of that point guard role. I expect the run in RPO percentage to be up this year because I think Swift and and, uh, Penny have a chance to both be very good running the football. So I think you're going to get your wish there. Here's one where Johnny Mack and I agree. We don't agree on everything, but we agree on this one. Um, I just don't foresee the Eagles throwing the ball to the back out of the backfield all that much. There's a reason they didn't do it the last year, because if – AJ's not open and Smitty's not open. Jalen takes off. He, he's he's ready to go. The check down, the toss to the, the the running back out of the backfield is usually your third and or fourth option. Jalen doesn't get that far. Jalen's yeah. gonna go if if the pressure's coming and his first two superstar wide receivers. All right, maybe he'll give the tight end a look. Uh, if they're not there, he's not getting option four. So I do not think, despite the fact that Swift has put up good numbers as a pass receiver for the Lions, all of a sudden that's going to become a major weapon and a part of the Eagles' offense. I think Jalen's going to continue to try and tap into his superpower and take off and make plays with his leg. That, that I think, is still going to be a pretty big part, if not a staple, of the Eagle offense. I, you asked me about nitpicking. Here's one where I might be nitpicking, and it's not uh, what – Jalen can improve on, but it's a worry for me during this offseason. Okay. You have that massive jump up from the 21st-ranked quarterback to the fourth-ranked quarterback. Nobody moves that much in one year. Jalen did. He was the MVP until he got his shoulder falling on down in Chicago during the season, so that was a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, He actually, you can make the argument, outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. If they win the game, he's the guaranteed MVP. Uh, but he had a phenomenal game. Here's my one slight concern, and I hope it doesn't uh, manifest itself at all. 
he probably this offseason was pulled in a lot of directions. Oh, the banquet circuit. Yeah, the banquet, the commercial, the feature, the show up for this and uh, charity that. Uh, and Jalen is such a good person, period, and not a jerk and not an ego guy that he probably said yes a lot. And they're probably going to still continue to come his way as far as requests. Shoot, I was listening to WIP the other day and they said, Jalen was in signing footballs, doing some sales work, the broadcast outlet of the Eagles. He's going to be asked to do a lot. His management team, the Eagles, everything else. Is there any chance that Jalen just gets a little too well spread heading into the season and maybe even carrying over into the season because of the massive leap that his career made last year? Not to cross sports, but... Uh, I, you could probably get this because I think this is our, you know, the, the sport you and I spend the most time thinking about. There's one name that comes to mind when I think about the banquet tour. Do you know who that name is? No. Cole Hambles. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I see where you're going. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Jalen Hurts, I, I don't know if this guy knows what a distraction is. And I look, that is going to sound so, it's like such a fanboy statement to make, but like, and it's funny saying this because the last time I saw him was at a banquet. And and all he wanted to talk about was football. That's the, that's the gear, man. That's the one gear. Everything you talk about with him goes back to football. You can try to talk about other things. goes right back to football. This guy just has a, a focus. And I, I really mean that. I forget the exact words from Jeffrey Lurie. But it was right before the Jalen Hurts contract got announced. And Jeffrey Lurie was addressed in the media, and he was talking about Jalen Hurts' is well, he said he's the most, most mature 24-year-old he's ever met. I, oh. I know that was a quote from Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, this was something that was so profound. I think I'm still wrapping my head around it. A phenomenal dedication to perfection. And, like, if you have an athlete in your city, especially a city like Philadelphia, okay, especially a city that has football on such a high pedestal and has that quarterback position as the most important position in all of Philadelphia sports. That guy, you want that said about your guy. Oh, yeah. And and that's not, I mean, there's one, like, what's he going to say? I mean, there's things along the line of, oh, yeah, he's working really hard and, you know, he really wants to bring the city a championship and there's the, the script that every owner reads about their quarterback. But to say that, like, I don't think anything ever has been said about a, a, a an athlete in this city better than that and especially a young athlete in this city. And that's why when you look at the contract, which I know Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson, that's all happened since. But when you look at the contract for Jalen Hurts, I can't think of any athlete, and I know Bryce Harper's there, but he was more of a proven commodity when he signed his huge deal here. But when you look at specifically Jalen Hurts and you look at the, the, the situation he's in, young quarterback taking the huge leap into the second year as a starter and all that, I don't, I don't know if there's ever been money handed to a young athlete with less on his resume in terms of like winning a Super Bowl or winning an MVP yet, giving him that money and then me feeling totally confident that that was a thousand billion percent the right move to make at the time. And and it is and will be and will be proven right consistently with him as your quarterback. So I look at that that, that statement by Jeffrey Lurie and I think, oh, that is that that's not just saying something nice about the guy who's going to be your signal caller. That's the guy you're hoping is around here for 10 to 15 years. And speaking of handing out that money by Jeff Lurie, uh, the I said this uh, to the four months ago, whenever the deal came down, the Baltimore Ravens should thank Jeff Laurie and uh, Jalen Hurts for getting the 
deal done because then they immediately get Lamar Jackson done for this much more. Yeah. And now they uh, can get a thank you note from the uh, Los Angeles Chargers as well because Justin Herbert is signed and he got this much more than Lamar. Hurts uh, set the bar. Mm-hmm. And then the next guy's got to get just slightly more. The next guy's going to get just slightly more. You know, Burrow, Burrow might be going for more than just slightly more. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the one guy left who's got to get a contract done. And yeah, that that, that could end up being difficult for the uh, Chargers. Mark Farzetta in for John McMullen here with me on Birds 365 today. We just spent 20 minutes talking about Jalen Hurts, which I don't know we've done continuously on the show here for months, uh, which uh, I appreciated. Want to talk about the guy who's going to be first front and center today next. That would be the head coach, Nick Sirianni. He will meet with uh, the assembled media about a half an hour from now before the Eagles practice gets underway. How is Sirianni going to come into the year where the Eagles are defending their NFC championship? I'll talk about that next with Mark Farzetta filling in for Johnny Mac here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hi, my name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. He's Mark Farzetta filling in for Johnny Mac today. JM's already down at the uh, Novacare Complex for the Eagles' first day of actual work. Yesterday, they all <laughs> reported, got a little uh, classroom time in, but today they'll actually get out there on the field. At 10 o'clock, practice supposed to t- start. Under over 55 minutes, Farzad, do you take any under or the over for the first workout of the year? I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. And, and yesterday, were you wearing overalls just like the Eagles offensive line, you know, to uh, embrace the spirit? Did not. Do not. And, you know, <laughs> I'm on the air last night on WIP, so I just Google. I saw on somebody's Twitter a picture of uh, my lot in the green Eagle overalls. So I Googled Eagles screen overalls. They're already on sale. That I <laughs> I thought they had them custom made. Oh no, you can order them online now. They had already been made and designed. Somebody just saw them and said, "We're getting these for everybody." Oh. Uh, I did not know that that was the case. But more huh. power to the offensive line for uh, being the tight knit group that they are, and wore some tight knit uh, overalls yesterday, which was cool. Yeah, uh, I can buy overalls, but I can't. I don't know when the Eagles are going to wear Kelly Green yet. Cool. That would be correct. Yes, cool. you uh, you can get it's not Kelly Green in the overalls. It's uh, more like the Midnight Green. So if you want to wait, maybe they'll have the Kelly Green overalls out by the time they actually pick the date for them to wear it. Uh, and uh, Sirianni won't be wearing either the Kelly Green. I guess he could wear a Kelly Green uh, hoodie. Uh, for the game. We'll have to see if they outfit him well. Uh, He will be the first Eagle to uh, put face forward for the upcoming season. He's got a challenge in front of him this year. By his second year, he was in the Super Bowl, tied with 10 seconds to go. Kind of tough to replicate, but the Eagles are the favorites in the NFC. And Ruben Frank did an extensive article, well-written article, about Sirianni and how much he still is feeling the angst of last year's Super Bowl. That he goes back and watches it again over and over and over again. And even though it puts a uh, knot in his stomach every time he watches it, he thinks he learns something from it. That's one way to handle uh, getting over that kind of defeat. Some people, like Jalen Hurts, uh, uh, one of his favorite phrases, you just got to flush it. Uh, and moves on rather quickly. Sirianni says, no, endure the pain, get through the mud. That's how you get out on the other side. What do you think Sirianni's message is today? I don't know if you'll have a statement or a line like the new norm that Doug Peterson had in 2018. But what do you think Sirianni's trying to get forth as a message goes today's first meeting once the team has all come together? Last, I think a guy like Nick Sirianni is saying last year is last year. Like that, that doesn't mean anything to this year. And if anything, I think he's giving a message to the team that, guess what? Last year, people didn't know how good we could be. People didn't know how good Jalen Hurts was going to be. They didn't know how good you know, a lot of us were going to be. But now they know. Now the word is out there. Now everyone understands. Now everyone sees 
what makes this team tick. Now everyone is going to bring their best, and it's very similar. And one of my favorite, I love hard knocks, okay? And, and one of my favorite is a lot of people's favorite, when Rex Ryan was the coach of the Jets, and they had the behind-the-scenes cameras with, uh, you know, uh, 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 Mark Brunell. Where, where, where are you, Revis? He was looking for Revis in the Revis. door when Revis yeah. was the holdout. <laughs> yes, yes. And they had all the stuff uh, behind, behind the scenes there. I thought all that was great. Um, but what was really wild was Rex Ryan addressing the team, and it was the year after they had made it to the AFC Championship game, if I remember that correctly. And he said, look, being the best one year doesn't mean anything. When you're the best, everyone looks at you as if you're the best. And you know what they do? When they come to play you, when they're, whether they're home or away, they are bringing their best game to beat yep. you. Because it's no longer a secret, secret. There is a target on your back. And now it's not just about making the Super Bowl last year and winning the NFC last year. Now it's about, oh, look, this team is restocked. They, uh, they obviously have a good receiving core. Now the running back room is pretty stable as well. They have a lot of talent there. Um, everyone and every defense that is going to face Jalen Hurts in this offense is going to bring their best because they want it on their resume that they stopped Jalen Hurts, that they stopped Mr. Uh, my ball or nobody's ball and A.J. Brown. They contained Devontae Smith. And, of course, there was a lot of hype about him in the offseason when Richard Sherman played him and just said, Nope, I'm done. This is the end of my career. That's it. So this defense, or excuse me, this offense has been hyped up to the point where now defenses just want to take care of business when they face the Eagles. This defense has more questions than the offense. They have a lot of question marks when it comes to the defensive coordinator, when it comes to the interior defensive lineman. Jalen Carter has a big role to fill. Uh, Jordan Davis has to take a big step forward. Your linebacking core, there's obviously questions there. Uh, your safety positions, uh, questions there. You have stability from your corners, even your nickel corner in Avante Maddox. But there's more questions about this defense than anything. So offenses want to take it to a defense that, regardless of there being different personnel, had 70 sacks a year ago. And they want to show Sean Desai, all right, you want to step in for your second year of being a defensive coordinator? Well, now you got to beat this. And they're going to try to bring their best game to the table as well, knowing that they're going to have to put up points if they're going to outscore Jalen Hurts in this offense. So I think the message to the team, if you're Nick Sirianni, to go back to your question, Jody, is last year is nothing. Everyone now knows. We had a great advertisement last year for how great we can be. Everyone knows that. So everyone's going to be bringing their best brand of football to the lake, and we're going to be going to see their best brand of football when we visit them. I like your we're going to get everybody's best shot line of thinking because no. it's true, and I think Sirianni will play that card. Uh, he does like to, to go back and bring himself through the mud. I think he won't just pass along that uh, thought process to everybody else because he doesn't actually use it, so that might be a little disingenuous. Um, you did mention uh, Sean Desai as the new D.C. and, of course, uh, new offensive coordinator as well. He lost two big lieutenants, and he had Shane Steich in a relationship with him for years prior to, and uh, Gannon was an eagle hire, and Sirianni signed off on it quickly. said, yeah, I had turned my defense over to Gannon, and he did. Um, and despite the fact that Eagle Nation didn't like Gannon a little bit, the, the numbers said he had pretty damn good success last year. Just a small hurdle to get over, speed bump, massive uh, jump they're going to have to make. Changing two coordinators one season is a lot. The NFL teams don't usually have to do that. One, yes. Two, no. How big a deal is it that the Eagles have a new D.C. and O.C.? I think without question, it's the number one thing. 
the number one concern I have going into this season from last year to this year. I mean, you, I mean, Javon Hargrave in the middle of the line of scrimmage. You have guys that should be able to fill that spot. Uh, CJGJ obviously did pretty well last year, despite you know controversy and all that stuff. But two defensive, two coordinators, as you mentioned, coming in here is a is a huge gap. Now I know everyone wants to make a big deal of Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts. That's great. I'm glad they're friends. I'm glad they've known each other for a long time. I'm glad uh, Brian Johnson's known Jalen Hurts since Jalen Hurts was four years old. I don't care. I need to see production on the field. I need to know that Brian Johnson is more of a guy that earned play calling because he's going to be good at play calling more so than it just not being something that Nick Sirianni is particularly good at. So he likes to push that off onto somebody else. And I know you the, the positive way to look at it is that, hey, you know, Nick Sirianni, it's really good to know what you're good at, know your strengths, know what you can handle, and then know how to delegate. And that is an important thing. But I need to see that this was something Brian Johnson is good at, has earned, can show that he could do it more so than simply Nick Sirianni can't do it. And that's a huge question, especially when you're talking about an offense coordinator that helped you have one of the best offenses in the NFL, that had you, uh, you know, put an MVP caliber quarterback in Jalen Hurts in great positions throughout the season. I need to know that about Brian Johnson. We're not going to know it. We're going to get our first taste of it, obviously, in the preseason when we just see the pace of things. We won't really know it till the season starts. So I'm hoping, to use your word, it's just a bit of a speed bump, a little bit of a transition, and hopefully there's none. Hopefully it's smooth sailing. Two things I, that scare me about okay, go the, the new offensive coordinator. Um, number one, as you pointed out, Shane Steichen was very good at play calling. He, I didn't know he was going to be when he was hired the offensive coordinator here, and we, as a matter of fact, probably felt less about it because he wasn't going to be calling plays. Sirianni was going to call the plates. So, all right. So you hired an offensive coordinator. He'll be overseeing things, but the head coach making every single call. So what's the big deal about the offensive coordinator? Well, half a season in, they flopped that and Sirianni took over and he was better at it. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Steichen took over, was better at it than Sirianni. And last year he was the man all year that uh, team that got to the Super Bowl and put up 30 plus points in that championship game. You don't just subtract that without hitting a speed bump, without right. – uh, yeah, we'll find out week one, the first series, what is uh, the new relationship going to be. We know the quarterback and the coach know each other, like each other, but is he going to call out the right play at the right time and suck the defense in? We don't know that. It may be great, or it might be something we're debating as of week number one. The other thing that bothered me, and see if you're with me on this, maybe I'm just out in left field. If I heard this once, I heard it 20 times during the offseason. Well, if the Eagles hadn't made him the offensive coordinator, somebody else in the National Football League would have. That they, in part, made the decision to elevate him from quarterback coach to uh, the offensive coordinator because somebody else in the league was going to. I don't give a fart, a flying fart. I don't give a, a rats, you know what, what anybody else is going to do is on anybody else. If you're giving a guy a position because, ooh, we could lose him if we don't promote him. No, I want him promoted because, <laughs> damn, the only reason he wasn't the OC was because we had Stike in here. Otherwise, he would have been good enough to be our OC previously. I never heard anybody say that, Nick Sirianni or Jeffrey Laurie or anybody else. It's, oh, they had to do it because someone else was going to do it. No, you don't want to be following the leader. You want to be the leader. Yeah. And that does scare me a little bit about Brian Johnson coming for the year. Um, it, it, it would scare me if it was a pressured situation. Like they didn't think he was ready, but somebody else was going to take him, And then that was going to piss off Jalen hurts. 
So that that would scare me if if that if if that bouncing ball truly bounced that way, then then I would I would have that issue. But yeah, other than that, um, I definitely also Jody do not give a fart. <laughs> don't I just don't? It'll all come down to the production once they get going and the play calling. Um, like I said, I think it's good that they start week number one in New England because it gives Jay a little motivation because Brady is who Brady is, and they're going to be up there going absolutely nuts for them. Um, so uh, I, I like the fact that the Eagles are opening on the road. Uh, do want to run this by you. I brought it up with uh, Mike Gill when he was on with me earlier. Uh, do you know Nate Davis of USA Today? I do not. He's one of their lead uh, football writers. Okay. Uh, pretty damn good writer. Um, he yesterday before camps open up, before the majority of camps open up, some opened up last week, uh, Jets, Browns, bunch of teams that, that are playing early um, and made his prediction for not only number of wins for each team, but who's going to grab the playoff spots and uh, how they're going to advance through the playoffs. He had the Eagles with the most wins in the NFC at 12, the Lions and the 49ers second at 11, the Cowboys at nine and eight. And just barely making a wild card run, which I'm okay with. I think people are overrating the Cowboys, as a matter of fact, coming into oh, this season. Shocking. Yeah. Um, what? That, uh, that people, people overrate the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they, I, some people think that they can beat the Eagles in the NFC East. I don't. <laughs> they, 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 and, and according to Nate Davis, he thinks the rest, of, he actually thinks Washington can finish ahead of the Giants. Got the Giants at six and 11. I I think the Giants had a fortuitous year last year, but I don't know if they're going to fall all the way down to six and eleven. That's a little harsh. Yeah, but he he's got the Eagles not only winning the most games in the regular season, but also advancing through in the playoffs, beating the aforementioned Lions here in uh, Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game, and coming through the AFC, an all green Super Bowl, the J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Wow. Now, you may not have heard this, but I have already made my wager for the year. Last year, I bet the Eagles against the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. And at the time, the Eagles were 25 to 1 to start the season, and the Dolphins were 35 to 1 to start the season. And I got half of them home. I got the Eagles home at a long number, but to pick the game itself, you got to get both sides right. I would have gotten 450 to 1 if the <laughs> Eagles had beaten the Dolphins. That was my preseason bet. Mm. I've already made my preseason bet, and it's the Eagles against the Jets. Ooh. So I am stone cold happy to see some other quasi-intelligent uh, football guy <laughs> uh, has the Eagles and the Jets. How good a Super Bowl would that be? A gangrene Ooh. Super Bowl, Eagles against the Jets in Vegas come February. That would be epic. Obviously, the color scheme people would enjoy. Uh, but Rodgers and Hurts. Oh, that is – that's a billboard that the NFL is dreaming about. Aaron Rodgers in the new uniform, maybe a passing the baton situation to the guy that's supposed to be one of the next great ones, him and Patrick Mahomes, obviously. But that is a billboard of billboards. That's a that's a very interesting bet to make. I personally don't think it happens. But I um, – I still like the Bengals and I still like the Chiefs as the uh, the head honchos there in the uh, AFC. Um, but that is something that I know a lot of people in the NFL, a lot of advertisers, a lot of sponsors would love to put their logo on that. Um, See, and you know where I go, maybe because I've been to too many games in both stadiums. 
I'm going fan bases because the Jet fan base is a little crazed. You can understand their frustrations. It's been <laughs> yes. 50 plus years since they last went to a Super Bowl. I'm not talking about winning. I'm just showing up for the game. It's been over five decades and we know how passionate the Eagle fan base is. Jet fans, Eagle fans together in that stadium. Yeah, that could be fun. Leading up to the game could be a ton of fun. And then the game itself between the Eagle Nation and Jet Nation could be I, tremendous. I will say this. I was at a Colts-Jets game many years ago in Indianapolis. And I remember being at the, one of the bars down the street from the stadium after the game. And it was packed. But I'll tell you, I knew when Fireman Ed was there. Yeah. Because the, the, the people... You would have thought that Joe Namath walked in. Like, it was like a buzz. Was, you know, fireman's at, fireman at, fireman at, fireman at. Um, and that was my first real experience being an NFC guy of experiencing an AFC New York fan base there with the Jets. And I'll say this. It was an interesting thing. They were bar full of people. I would say 200, 300 people. And they were all doing the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And, of course, I got to identify as an Eagles person hearing those, those, those chants all the time. But, yeah, I think our fan bases would have a uh, – we could do a lot of soul-searching together about sorrows we've had. Jets more so than the, than the Eagles, yes, of course. Yes, but, uh, yes, yeah, yes. it would be an interesting thing. I think that would be a great mix of fan bases. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that that's right. Don't know if it's going to come to fruition, but that's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, and you talked about the, the matchup between the two teams. So I'll, we'll end this with this, and then uh, Rob Marty from the Associated Press is going to join us. I'm pretty sure you know this. I, I should be able to give you the exact number. I'm not remembering it off the top of my head. But the Eagles and Jets, who used to meet every year in the preseason, the, the fourth and final preseason game was always Eagles-Jets. And I went to yeah. it, whether it was down here in Philly or up in New York, they cut back the three games, and somehow that game has been lost in the sauce, and the Eagles and the Jets aren't playing in the preseason. But when they have played in the regular season – the Philadelphia Eagles are undefeated against the Jets. The Jets have never <laughs> beaten the Philadelphia Eagles in a preseason game. So we know they haven't played in the Super Bowl because the Jets played in one. And it was the greatest upset of all time in the history of the National Football League was 50-plus years ago. The Jets and Eagles may play in the Super Bowl this year. Don't know that yet. I know for a fact they're playing week six <laughs> in the Meadowlands this year. The game's already scheduled Eagles and Jets play in the regular season. From an Eagle perspective, keep the winning streak intact and then the possibility of the Super Bowl rematch, or do you rather get it out of the way? God, we lose it, yeah. But when it really matters, the Eagles beat the Jets like a drum, and that's what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. Yeah, what I know. I know that we all, every Eagles fan, everybody talks about just the streak against the Jets. So, yeah, to, to keep it intact – you got to beat the Jets during the regular season. Yeah, the regular Otherwise, season. we don't have bragging rights anymore. And the Eagles will be the favorite come Super Bowl time. I can pretty much get it. Unless the Jets yet somehow go 16-1 in the regular season, which I like Aaron Rodgers. You know I'm a Jet guy. Yeah, 16-1 and one in the AFC. Not freaking happening. So uh, the <laughs> Eagles will be the favorite come Super Bowl when those two teams match up. See, I'm talking about as if it's already happened. Look at hey, you. He is Mark Farzetta filling in for John McMullen today. I'm Jody McDonald. I see that. Our bud, the lead writer for the NFL for the Associated Press, Rob Motti, ready to jump in with us next here on Birds 365.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them up. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. This is Birds 365 on a Jacob Media YouTube channel in season, Birds 365, because Eagles get it underway today. If you like Mark Farzetta filling in for John McMullen, hit the like button. If you like Rob Marty, the lead NFL writer for the Associated Press, hit the like button. And if you're not completely annoyed with me, hit the like button. Uh, thank you very much. We could use your help on the algorithm. We get help whenever we punch Rob Marty up, looking good down there in Florida, getting ready for an upcoming NFL season. Marty, I want to start national before we get back to the Eagles. Saquon Barkley last night signed a one-year deal with the Giants. They had this Zoom meeting of all the running backs last week, which apparently they came up with no answers, and I can't blame them because I couldn't come up with one either to get running backs more fairly treated. But Saquon signed off pretty quickly for only $900,000 worth of potential incentives. Did he do the, I can't win this fight, so I might as well get what I can get? Or did he dodge a fight that needed to be fought if the running backs are going to be treated more fairly in the league? It, it was surprising that he would end that holdout so quickly, not even hold out, right? <laughs> he reports on time for an extra what potentially could be $900,000 in incentives as angry as he appeared to be yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And as angry as a lot like Jody uh, and Mark, I talked to a lot of, of these running backs who, and we know they put together a campaign on social media. That some of the things they said off social media, some of the things they said to me were even, they, they were met. They were so angry, so frustrated to the point where I thought it was concerning because a couple guys were talking about players at other positions and the money they made. One guy specifically br brought up Odell Beckham Jr. How's he get $18 million when he's been hurt? 
How did how did JJ Watt? How did Julio Jones always make their money when they've always been hurt? Yet we as running backs. And when when I sensed that, when I saw now this wasn't Saquon who said that, by the way. But when some of these other running backs in that group are that angry and they're talking about other players at other positions making their money and how could they get it? To me, it suggests that there's there's a bigger issue, a bigger resentment. And how's that play out in the locker room when you're supposed to be all in for the team? Like if you got that running running back group sitting there thinking, hey, look at that diva receiver and all the money he's making and he's missing a game here and he's missing a game there. Meanwhile, I'm getting uh, the heck beat out of me, carrying the ball, blocking, catching passes out of the backfield. That doesn't bode well. And there's always been a saying in, in sports, you don't talk about another man's money. And I saw that coming out. So when they're having those conversations with me, I'm wondering who else are they having those conversations with? And at some point, will that kind of fester? Will that kind of leak out because there's that much resentment? That said, Saquon did the team thing. He wants to be in. He feels like the Giants are going to be a contending football team. I think otherwise with Daniel Jones at quarterback, he's got a legitimate beef that he's making a quarter, uh, a, a fraction of what Daniel Jones is making. I don't value him in the top 10 or top 15 as quarterbacks. So I understand where Saquon's coming from. I thought he'd hold out for two or three weeks and then sign the franchise tender and show up. But uh, this, I think this to me speaks a little bit to his character showing up early, wanting to be that guy, wanting to be the, the team player. And, and maybe that gets him paid down the road. I doubt it. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. It, it sounded like for a while that the running backs were almost going to break off and form their own union uh, when it came to how much they've been taking advantage of. And I'm sure this is a huge blow to them with Saquon signing uh, as early as he did. And as you pointed out, Rob, uh, showing up to camp on time. Um, something else I want to ask you about, though, is what you were talking about there, the quarterback position there. When you talk about guys like um, uh, Lamar Jackson, you talk about guys like Justin Herbert, these guys all sign their contracts, and Joe Burrow is going to be doing a, a huge paycheck as well. But did the Eagles possibly, at the quarterback position here, get the best quarterback of the new group signing new deals at the best price? From a national perspective, do you think that's a fair assessment? Uh, I like Jalen better right now than Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and if there was – if there was a quarterback or two that I'd put ahead of him, it would be Patrick Mahomes, who uh, is grossly underpaid, I guess, no. in relation to some <laughs> of the other guys right now, and Joe Burrow. And, and and I say that because Joe's been to a Super Bowl just like Jalen. Jalen's got a little bit more of a dual threat. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very confident that Jalen Hurts can get better as a quarterback, uh, and I think that Joe Burrow's surrounded with a lot of talent to where he can continue to improve. But the Eagles, are he, he's right there, guys. I, I think as far as – it's hard to look at any quarterback making $50 million and say you got value, though. <laughs> I mean, that, it's, that, that yeah. you're paying a guy uh, $50 million a year. You, that's not a team-friendly value type deal. That's a whole heck of a lot of money. And it's, it's time – these guys got to go out there and, and earn it. And I think the only way is to hoist the Vince Lombardi trophy to where you say you got your money's worth. Being competitive, being in there, winning 12, 13 games and getting to NFC. We know in Philadelphia that doesn't cut it. Donovan McNabb went through that, right, for four years in a row. Oh, so, I, you got to hoist that Lombardi. 
right. Uh, I do want to take it back to the birds with you, Rob, uh, since it is Birds 365. Nick Sirianni going to be talking to the media about right now, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, what's his message coming into the season? What what card do you think he's going to play? Motivational tool, player focus. How is he going to grab the attention of his players? First chance, first time they step on the field as preseason, add some OTAs, which are activities at most, not actual practices. What do you think Sirianni does to get this team headed in the right direction, defending an NFC championship, which isn't going to be easy since they've now got a target on their back for everybody who's on their schedule this year? How does sorry, sorry, uh, Sirianni play it motivational-wise going into the year? Well, we know Nick does things a little different. Remember the flower analogy that had everybody in Philadelphia, including some people wanting him fired, and all he did was turn things around and and and, and go on an incredible streak since that. Uh, I, I think it, this, this one's kind of easy. I, I think Nick plays the confetti video. I, I think he shows the confetti raining down at uh, from, from Kansas City celebrating and how did that feel for the guys who were because there's some turnover and there's some obviously new guys who didn't experience that. But for those guys in that locker room who saw that confetti fall and they had to run off the field while the Chiefs were celebrating, I think he plays a little bit of, of that. Uh, I, I, I believe he's going to he's going to emphasize, hey, you learn from last year. You're not the same team as last year. You got it. As Jalen has said to me, you got to build your own identity. But don't forget the hurt, the pain, how that felt. The, the anger, the frustration of being that close and losing and whatever it takes to go there and, and be on the other side to have that silver and, and uh, midnight green confetti falling from the sky. That's what they got to do. Rob, when you look at this team going into training camp right now, I'm just curious to get your perspective on this. We have a lot of adulation. We have a lot of uh, respect and appreciation for what the offense could do. Defense, I think, has a lot of question marks here. Is there a position group in particular that you're looking at thinking Howie's lurking somewhere, Howie Roseman's lurking somewhere to improve upon uh, a position core similar to the way he did or a position group similar to the way he did with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, C.D. Deuce right before the season last year? Is there something that Howie you think is trying to sniff around the league to see if he can maybe upgrade a certain position group in the not-too-distant future? And even Ronald Darby back in the Super Bowl championship year two, that happened right there in training camp when they traded Jordan Matthews in, in August. Uh, maybe, maybe the linebacker position, guys, maybe you look to upgrade there. Maybe you see who who's on, on uh, who's still remaining uh, out there or, or somehow. I think they're set at a lot of other positions. You never can have too many defensive backs. If, if somebody can can become available, whether it's a, a corner, whether it's a nickel, whether it's a safety, uh, I think that's kind of a an area where Howie has always looked to improve. But when you look on the offensive side, uh, I think they're set everywhere. Couldn't they upgrade potentially at slot receiver? Maybe uh, I'm not sure that there's someone out there right now that that would be a an upgrade and and how they, they might go around that. But we know how he's never finished. He's never done. He's always looking <laughs> to improve the roster. Nothing take nothing surprises me if he makes a if he makes a move um in, in September, like uh, a couple days ahead. When when what when they trade Sam Bradford in 16. That was nine days before the start of the regular season. And, and so there's always a possibility that Howie will do something. But right now you look at this team, as much depth as they have, as good as they were last year, 
Uh, and I know they had some losses. I know they they got two new coordinators. Uh, I still believe the Eagles are going to be right there in the mix at the end of the season in the Final Four. Rob, I got to ask about this because I know how much it crazed me in years gone by. And it's going to craze you even more because you're the lead writer for the Associated Press in the NFL. And it's going to be more difficult than ever before. Cut down day in the NFL. They used to cut as they went along and the number came down to get to, uh, to 53. Now they're letting teams keep the entire 90 man roster until that one cut down to 53. I thought it was crazy to try and figure all the guys were getting cut and who's got an issue and who fills the hole here. It's just so many names on a piece of paper. How the hell do you get through it? And that was with cuts as they went. Now it's going to be one big happy group. That's going to be unbelievably large. How's that going to play? I, I thought, well, yeah, no, maybe teams, no guys, not going to make. They'll they'll do the right thing. They'll cut them early. No, they're not because they don't want to. They want to be able to be in the best position to negotiate and bring a guy back to the practice squad because the practice squad is that big. If they like a guy, they're going to want to try and get him back on the practice squad. How nuts is that going to that day going to be around the league? It's going to be wild for the agate guys and everybody who's got to compile all those transactions and newspapers and, and everything else. But you're right in, in that, Jody. I, I don't think you're going to sit there and, and start doing a, a goodwill, good faith. Hey, you know what? I'm going to release this guy two weeks early so he can go out there and get another job. Why? So he can go and get another job within a division and, and beat you at some point. You're you, If you have the opportunity to hold on to guys and, and, until that last minute, you're going to hold on to them. And then yep. you'll have a, a wild scramble. I, I think this isn't going to be great news for some of these players who are on the periphery for teams who are looking to for that opportunity. All right, I, if I, if you're released in the first wave, you're released in the second wave, you can hook on, you can catch on, you can get, get in somewhere. Now, now you're not going to get that chance to get in and, and work with a playbook and get familiar with a different team and have that. It, you're going to have to do it through into the season and the practice squad route and all that stuff. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. It's going to be a hectic couple of days. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to play out this first time, this first go round. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rob, I got to ask you, first, I want to mention, um, just seeing some tweets out here, Nick Sirianni addressing the media, Cam Jurgens is getting the reps at right guard uh, with the first team. And I know that's been a discussion, Tyler Steen, Cam Jurgens. Cam Jurgens is getting the reps with the number one guys uh, today, at least, at right guard. And then the running back room, as of right now, will be a rotation, which I don't think really surprises that many people. Um, Rob, we, Jody and I were talking earlier about the coordinators and how rare it seems to be that you have a new defensive coordinator and a new offensive coordinator. Not only do you have a new offensive coordinator, but right away, Brian Johnson is going to be calling plays. I'm curious, when you look at the coordinator position now with the side taking over for Gannon and Johnson taking over for Steichen, how does this all work in the upcoming season? Are we going to see a carbon copy of what we saw from Jonathan Gannon or with some tweaks? And is Brian Johnson going to be able to jump in and take the bull by the horns when it comes to play calling with the offense? I think the transition's a little more smooth with the offensive coordinator spot. Obviously, we know Brian Johnson's been in the building. He's been a quarterback's coach. He's known Jalen since he was four years old. And it's not like they had to go outside and bring in a new offensive coordinator. It's not a new system. It's not anything. There's going to be tweaks. He's going to put a little bit of his statement, his mark on it. But, of course, there's that familiarity. And ultimately, it's Nick Sirianni's offense, right? It goes through Nick. He's he's an offensive-minded head coach. And, 
if something were to go wrong at some point, uh, he, he, he may take control and start calling the plays. But I, I've, I've always liked Brian Johnson since the day one when the Eagles brought him in from Florida. I, I remember hearing him do a, a presentation at the NFL quarterback summit. And I was like, this guy's going to be a head coach. Forget offensive coordinator. I think he can leapfrog from quarterback coach to head coach. Well, guess what? I was wrong. He's an offensive coordinator. <laughs> he didn't hit it and leapfrog from quarterbacks coach to head coach, but doesn't mean this isn't a one-year pit stop for him either. He, he could make that transition if they do well this season. I think it with, with uh, on the defensive side with Desai and, and Gannon being gone, it's, it's a little bit different. He's coming in from the outside. He's got uh, a little bit different of a, a, a philosophies and schemes and how he's going to utilize some guys. But they, they've got so much depth, especially on that defensive line, that it, you're still got to build your defense through getting after the quarterback since the strength of this team is to, to make guys uh, in the middle. They got the run stuffers on the edges. They got the guys they can go after the QBs. And, and I think that's where it starts. And he would be wise to build his defense on those strengths. And I would anticipate he does that. Will he be more aggressive than Jonathan Gannon seemingly was in the eyes of Eagles fans? Perhaps uh, he, he may he may not face that critic. I think he might even get more of a honeymoon period because he's not Jonathan Gannon. And <laughs> a, a lot of the, the frustration that fans had with him, despite the success he had. And I, I know what he said since he's gone out to Arizona and, and, and some of the things that weren't necessarily <laughs> if, uh, reporters wanted me fired. I've never heard that before. But uh, I, I think I think they'll be okay. There, it might be a little bumpy early, guys. I, I I caution fans. You know, you might not jump out to a seven and zero start. You might not be eight and zero. You might be five and three. You might be six and two. It might take a little bit of time, a little bit of adjusting. Teams are coming after you. They're coming into your building. They know you got the NFC Championship banner, and, and they're they're trying to bring you down. So it might get a little bit bumpy in the, in the beginning. But it's it's how healthy you can be uh, at the end and. Let's not forget, last year they were a very healthy football team. They started all 22 starters uh, were healthy for the Super Bowl. I can't anticipate that happening. That, that's a tremendous amount of luck. Uh, I, no matter how they handle all of their offseason and how they go light here, and they, that's great. At some point, somebody's just going to get nicked up, and, and you, you, that depth has got to show up, and, and that, that's where it's big for them. Yeah, the Eagles aren't going to be happy with you, Rob Marty. You used the L word. They don't ever like to talk about luck. There's no luck involved that they were one of the most injury-free teams in the National Football League. How dare you say that? Can I say uh, fortunate look, instead? They were fortunate. Uh, yeah, they, better, better than luck. I think they'd accept that. Good on you. Um, here's what I'll tell you the Eagles were a little lucky with. But again, not all luck, just a little bit. This has been a drama-free offseason for the Eagles. They got the Jalen Hurts thing done early and have benefited other teams by getting it done and setting a bar. And the Ravens uh, should send up a uh, a bunch of uh, crab cakes for them. And there's umpteen things they can find out there in the L.A. for them to ship to the Eagles as a thank you note. No Jalen Carding speeding tickets. No major issues with any of their players. Been a drama-free zone for the Eagles in the offseason season. How does that play when camp opens up? And the one thing I'm really questioning is um, the whole gambling thing. Ten different players been fined and or suspended, some indefinitely for gambling across the NFL. Eagles not being one of them. There are other teams in the same boat, but the Eagles avoided that. 
NFL in general, people are critical. They didn't get the message out. The players didn't understand. You're tied into players. You've got direct uh, access to players. Sounds like there's a relationship. You can get them on your phone. Did the NFL handle this right? Is this on them or is this on the players who just said, yeah, I can sneak a bet in? They, they knew the rules but thought they could get away with it. Didn't know there were geo trackers on phones that were going to yes. get them caught. Uh, how big a deal is the gambling aspect in the NFL? Jody, you know, th this is an issue where uh, I've gone back and forth on it. When it first started, like it's a couple guys, uh, I thought that the, the fault lies with the players. I, I was on the side of, hey, this is this is sports. You should know better. It's plastered all over in the locker room. Don't don't be don't be stupid. Don't take a chance. And then as I start talking to more players and then beyond that, some coaches, I'm not sure if you heard Sean Payton the other day. Maybe I think it might have been yesterday. yesterday yep. And he, he had a like very damning criticism of the NFL, like ripped up their policy, had someone else bring in. Uh, had their own internal guy say, hey, it's this, this, compared it to the gun policy, if, if you can't have a gun. And, and when you hear guys who are in coaching positions take that approach, I, I wonder if the message didn't get through the way it should have. Now, uh, you and I, I believe we've probably discussed this before. I've said it before. For me, the only way is no betting, period. Don't say you can't bet on football, but you can bet on basketball, baseball, hockey, uh, wh whatever you want to bet on, uh, giraffes at the zoo. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't, like, just for that three-year period you're in the NFL or one and a half for some guys or for 14 years, whatever it is, it's always been no betting, don't bet. Now it makes it easier. I know the sports books aren't going to like it, but that would make it easier. But for now, it's get that message across. No betting on football. No betting on anywhere where you can't bring, as Sean Payton said, a gun to the facility. You can't bet from there. But guys can't – you can't be dumb. you got a $5 parlay or a $10 like – how much more are you – what are you looking to do? It's, 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 it, it's default lies with both. And ultimately, the NFL is going to they look hypocritical because forever they didn't want sports betting. They didn't want it legalized. And now all of a sudden, like at, at this point, so, and it's going to happen, I believe, this week, um, we're going to see in casinos, there are going to be games that feature NFL. They feature NFL teams like so it's to that point beyond the sports betting, you're going to have, I don't know what the games are. I got to run through my texts and my emails and the publicists are trying to share this information with me, but they're like, we're breaking this this week. It's going to be, and there's going to be like teams affiliated logos and whatnot on games within casinos. Like to me, that's just a bad look. Well, that, I had not heard that. So uh, that, yeah. That would be very interesting. Sometimes this, you got to break a little bit new. You got to break a little <laughs> bit of news. On, thank on you. Yeah, appreciate that, now I got to go through my and see if I gave that information out too soon. I probably did. Probably <laughs> until Thursday or whatever it is. I'm going to get a bunch of emails, but hey, I didn't get too specific. Wow. So like the the, the this slot machine presented by the Philadelphia Eagles or or Philadelphia Eagles I, slot I'm machine. Gonna, I got to read through it, but I, I think it's like their logos are within there or something like that. Now, of course, okay. I'm looking for it. It's going to. I got to go through my inbox and it's whatever but wow yeah. just yeah wow just plug madden into a tv <laughs> and have people bet on the computer simulation um that's interesting that's really wild um and i get where the nfl is coming from as far as the gaming goes and how uh, it actually could potentially affect what actually goes on on the field and what i always go back to rob i don't know if you'll agree with this or not but tell me what you think 
the replacement refs was a direct uh, impact on the integrity of the game and the, 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 the integrity of the outcome. If you got players that are rolling dice anywhere on any games and, and throwing out money on any game in any sport, it can bleed into football and it could bleed into that player doing something that immediately impacts the game. So when I look at the NFL's policy on all this, I get it. I know other people talk about things in the grand scheme of life that are worse than gambling. But to the NFL, the only thing that matters is the NFL and the game. And gambling could bleed its way into affecting how games are, uh, you know, the outcome of games. Yeah, well, that's that's the biggest issue is protecting the integrity of the sport. And if people start to – how often have we heard guys, oh, that game was fixed, that game was fixed. And this is years ago when gambling wasn't. Now, when something happens that looks extraordinary, when something happens, if if you were going to be an angry better or an angry fan with no money in the game but just it's your team and they they got job and you're going, it was fixed. It's not completely unrealistic like it used to be 5, 10, 15 years ago, even though we know there's been some other issues. And, and the league has to do whatever it can to protect the integrity of the sport. And, and that's why I, I go to, well, if you're you're accepting all this money from all of these different various sports betting companies and, and that's going to be the way it is and you're going to see the logos and the commercials and whatever, that's great. Uh, you can encourage all the fans in the world to bet. May- maybe just not that. What's that? Fifty-three times thirty-two, fifteen, sixteen hundred people in the NFL. Maybe I-, I think the sports books would be just fine if sixteen hundred folks were prohibited. Plus coaches, make it two thousand, make it twenty-five hundred people. Whatever it is, if those twenty-five hundred people couldn't could not bet on-, on auto racing or anything else whatsoever, basketball, uh, football, hockey, anything. I think they'd be just fine. Just make it simple. No betting, period. You, that's not going to fly, but that's Rob Motti's. Of course, you're right, Rob. But uh, the way that the sports books are going to look at it, it's not just 16. It's 1,600 people that make a whole lot of money. And if yes. they bet, they're going to bet big. And those are the kind of people we like. like mean, Charles our... Barkley's are in the NFL, yeah, right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Motti, man, I'm asking this question on July 25th, and you got the right to change your mind. Next week, the week after, all the way up till the first week of the season. Right now, NFC ranked the top five teams for me in order and tell me where the drop off, how the drop offs between one, two, two, three, three, four, four, five. How do you see the NFC six weeks before they actually get uh, underway with? Week number All one. right. Well, uh, I think right now, and this is not how it's going to be at the end, obviously, and it's not even how I predicted to be at the end, but I'm going into training camp today on July 26th or 25th or whatever day we're at. Number one is the Philadelphia Eagles. As our old buddy Ric Flair used to say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So they, you know, who's going to give me a woo? <laughs> they're, they're number one. They go in at, and I go San Francisco, especially now with the news that Brock Purdy is no restrictions. He's going into the sea. He's going into camp as the starting quarterback. I thought it might be a little bit uh, later into training camp or into the season. You go San Francisco, number two. I don't think there's a significant drop-off from one to two. I think that that could be determined by home field advantage. And um, those are the top two. I go number three. I I like the Dallas Cowboys better than a a lot of people 
in the NFL. I'm not, I look at Dak Prescott and it picks he through last year. And I think that's a fixable thing. Uh, I love the addition of Brandon Cooks on that offense and Stephon Gilmore in the secondary and, and some of the things they, they've been able to do. I'll, I'll put the Cowboys third and, and I'll have them close enough to where it, it's like a one or a two game from top from one to three. Now, as, as we drop off it into four and five, uh, I, I don't like anybody coming out of the South, uh, the NFC North. I know the Lions are like the darlings. I might go Lions. I might go Lions at four right now going into camp and, and the Seahawks are right there at four, five, or either way, Lions, Seahawks, Seahawks, Lions. I don't know that Seattle's going to take a bigger – like Geno – when you look at Jalen Hurts, I think he's going to get better. When you look at Geno Smith, that might have been the best you'll see him be was last year. And, and Seattle might drop off a little bit. I think the Rams are going to have – they're certainly going to be improved. They're going to shake things up a little bit in the NFC West. Um, the Packers will take a step back. I think the Giants are going to take a step back. I think the Commanders are in complete rebuild mode. And the Packers, obviously, without Aaron Rodgers, they're not even last year with him. They weren't a playoff team. The Bears might get a little bit better, but it, it's kind of wide open. The South, wh whoever wins it is probably going to be a one and dunner, and they might have another sub 500 team. Might be the Saints at nine and eight or at eight and nine. And I think the Panthers have a shot. And I love Frank Reich as a head coach with Bryce Young coming in there and getting full reps since OTAs. I think they got a shot to be right there in that mix in a division that's wide open. But for me, it's Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, then a little bit of a drop to the Lions, Seahawks, or Seahawks, Lions. Fair enough. Bigger drop between one and two or two and three. If the Eagles are one, are the 49ers closer to the Eagles or are the Cowboys closer to the 49ers? Uh, I say the, the Niners are closer to the Eagles. Yeah, I see it the same way. I think Eagles and Niners have distanced themselves from everybody else. I, I, I'm on that Seattle bandwagon. I know it's Geno Smith, but they got a lot of weapons for Geno to work with out there in Seattle. They do. They do. I think Cowboys are a little overrated to start the season. Mighty man, we always love it when you come on. You know we're going to get you up before the season gets underway. We're going to Hold your feet a little bit more to the fire in the predictions I just asked you to make. Uh, but we'll give you the entire preseason to get uh, acclimated and uh, evaluated on the players uh, as they get ready for the season. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for jumping in today. Great to see you guys. Have a great one. See you, Rob. You can find him on the Associated Press. He is their lead NFL writer, Rob Marty, Philly guy, now doing it uh, nationally, uh, but still respecting his Philly roots. Because his buddy Jody Mack asked him to come out and he usually says, yes, here I'm Birds 365. All right, Mark Farzetta doing a great job filling in for Johnny Mack today. Uh, the Mack man down talking to uh, Nick Sirianni as we speak. Farzee found a couple of quotes on Twitter from Nick Sirianni. We'll come back, take a quick look at those, and uh, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Back to put a bow on the show here on this first Eagle Activities Day of the 2023 season. Mark Farzetta doing an outstanding job jumping in for Johnny Mack who is down at the Novacat Complex as we speak. The Eagles are about to get practice underway. Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman together speaking to the assembled media prior to practice today. You gave us a couple of uh, Sirianni quotes. Uh, Howie Roseman, none of what we've done in the past matters. We have to start over from scratch, which is kind of the opposite of what Sirianni said. He said, yeah, I relive the Super Bowl all the time. I like getting <laughs> down in the mud. I like making sure we don't make the same mistakes we made again last year. Uh, how he looks to be ready to turn the page. Maybe that's a good balance, Farzi. You got one guy that's not going to let it go, and one guy who says it's already gone. No problems. We've moved on to next season. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the secret sauce right there. That's the formula. Having the yin and the yang, balancing everything out as far as mindset. Yeah. Uh, also, to your point that you made with Rob uh, Mati earlier. Uh, the no drama off season for the Eagles, right? Uh, everybody passed their conditioning test. So 
We have no lollygaggers out there. Everyone's going to be on the field, ready to go, ready to party. Avanti Maddox is coming off an injury. He looks like he's going to be able to practice today. So, yeah, a lot of good things coming out of that. Uh, the opening press conference from both Howie. I didn't expect Howie to speak as well. I knew Nick Sirianni was speaking. Um, but, yeah, good messages from them, good notes from them, and uh, having guys healthy out there on the field, obviously a good thing too. The only two guys I was worried about were guys we're banking on being very productive, maybe not day one, but as the season unfolds are the two big Georgia guys in the middle of the line. They are so big that uh, Jordan Davis's uh, conditioning was questioned last year. And Jalen Carter, the reason he is an Eagle, because his question his conditioning was questioned before his pro date, and he couldn't even finish that out. I think that actually turned out to be beneficial for the Eagles that they got maybe the most talented player in the draft at number nine. Good to hear that both of those guys passed their conditioning test. All right. Mm -hmm. We put you to the test today. You did an outstanding job for us. If, <laughs> if they if they asked you back again, please say yes. All Johnny, right. Johnny Mac's going to miss a bunch uh, during this upcoming uh, month because of responsibilities over there at the Novacare Complex. I uh, catch the Farzy Show every morning here on uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Farzi, if we get a chance to do this again, I look forward to it, my friend. As always, buddy. As always. Mark Farzetta here for Johnny Mac on Birds 365. All right. It will be back tomorrow, Birds 365. McMullen will be back. Eagles have a walkthrough. Day two. Let's get those walkthroughs going by day two. Why would we want to practice back-to-back -back days? So uh, Johnny Mac will be here uh, tomorrow with yours truly. Yeah, we get Farzad or somebody in on uh, Friday because John's got to run over and cover practice again. But that's why we love uh, doing this, and that's why uh, McMullen is the key because he's going to come back and tell us everything that was said today and or done. Damn right. Tomorrow. Yes, we will be doing Birds 365 again. Manana in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. 
Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.